Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today on the Focus of Why podcast, I am joined by Michael Budenseek. Welcome. Thank you, Amy. How are you today? I'm very well. And this is our second time recording because I was a guest on your show. Thank you very much. And yes, now it's absolutely. your turn. Yeah, well, you, I mean, you provided so much value. I hope to even, I ho- I hope to even come close to that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm sure you will do because we definitely had a meeting of minds in our conversation. So yeah, absolutely. Agreed. So let's just dive straight in. What mm-hmm. is it you're currently doing right now? So I actually do a few different things right now. i um, been in the fitness industry for 15 years. Um, my wife and I just recently opened a new brand, a uh, fitness brand. It's a facility, small group, personal training. Uh, but before that, we actually had opened five locations of a one-on-one personal training studio. We got rid of that brand because we wanted to live in a warmer climate. So uh, we lived in the Midwest over in the U.S. And, and now we live down south on uh, South Florida, which is really cool. So, yeah, so we're still in the fitness industry, but I have branched into uh, over the last two and a half years. Now I've branched into podcasting and business development, business strategy for small business uh, because there's so much out there. And I, I know we kind of touched on this in my podcast, but there's so much out there with like, you know, success happens overnight, success happens in 30 days, success happens in six weeks. And it doesn't matter if you're in a fitness routine or if you're in a business, like it doesn't happen overnight and it takes time and, and work and energy and focus and all the things um, that, that I'm sure we'll dive into today. But um, so yeah, so I'm, I do a little bit of both of those things. I, I help run the studio, um, obviously marketing, sales, business development there. And then I also coach small business clients on those exact things while um, offering free content on the podcast uh, about entrepreneurship, you know, the, the, the hard truth and, and what it takes to succeed and, and build those, I don't know, I guess you would call them success channels uh, in your life. And it, are you focused on this because you thought that it was possible to build a business overnight yourself? Um, actually, no. I think that all of us get caught up in that idea at some point in time in our journey. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's like that thought of it's the grass is always greener on the other side, right? Like you see this person supposedly creating all this success in two to four weeks and you're like, well, how did that work? And so you kind of just start going down that rabbit hole and then you realize, oh, that's a dead end. That wasn't actually two to four weeks. It was actually six years of figuring it out. And then it took four weeks of uh, the perfect execution. So no, I actually got into business um, over 10 years ago now as an entrepreneur. Just I, I, I wanted to help people in the personal training industry is a very gray industry. I'm not exactly sure what the rules and regulations are over there, but over here, it's really just certification based. And so you don't have to have any type of actual education to call yourself a fitness coach, right? Uh, I know a lot of that happens now in coaching in general, like oh, I'm a coach. Okay, well, what does that mean? And so for me, when I first created my first personal training company, which was UFIT Personal Training, it was all about the individual client. And so that's, that's why we called it UFIT. It was your needs, your, your specific wants, desires. And we took 
what you wanted and we created a custom built program around that based on science and actual habits and behavior change, not based on a quick fix diet essentially. So, so no, I, I, I didn't get into it because I thought that that was possible, but I do just like most people, you find yourself looking into those rabbit holes off and on throughout your life. I saw uh, somebody posted on Facebook the other day, a really poignant message, which is where are you going to live when this body doesn't work anymore? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> yikes. <laughs> yeah. I think you should put that in your fridge, right? <laughs> uh, no, I actually, that's great. I might actually, I'll probably look that up and, and take it and put it in our gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's so, it's quite scary because if you don't take care of this one, that's, that's all you've got. Yeah. Well, it's kind of that, that, that falls in line with the whole kind of like a the philosophy that I live by, I guess you could say is if you're not taking care of yourself, what are you taking care of? And, and a lot of people tend to think that that's self-centered or, you know, that's so let's looking at self, but my core belief is if you aren't of healthy mind, you can't help someone else become of healthy mind. If you're not of healthy body, you can't help someone else become a healthy body. And, and it's just like that with anything, right? If you, if you, if, you, if your business is going down the, the, the crap hole, how do you expect to help someone else have a healthy business? So it's just this whole idea of, you know, you first have to be able to show and do something before you can help and teach others to do the same. So you said you moved to South Florida from the Midwest for warmer climes, but why, why was that? Why, why did you want the warmer weather? You know, what's funny is people are always asking me, they can't, Oh, it can't be that simple. That's a silly reason. And it is a silly reason when you think about it, but at the end of the day, it's actually something that um, my wife and I both had in common when we met each other is we always wanted to go South. I, went south when I was really young. I actually went to um, a trade school when I was at the age of 20. So that was about 15 years ago now. I went to a trade school in, in Florida and I loved it because it was during the winter. And I was like, wow, this is this is a completely different world down here. Like people are active. You can go out, you can do things. And we live such an active lifestyle um, that we, you know, when you're in the Midwest, pretty much there's a four to six month time frame where it's hard to get outside and it's hard to do things just because you don't know. It's either raining or it's snowing or it's freezing. And so part of our big draw was just our active lifestyle and wanting to be somewhere where the climate was more conducive to that. The second thing too was kind of a development piece, especially for my wife. She, she really felt that in order for her to grow into the person she wanted to be, she needed to separate herself from the things that she just grew up around all the time. Um, and I've even seen actually some positive growth as well from that, which I never, when I first thought about moving, that wasn't necessarily a goal, but I've seen like now that, you know, you're a thousand miles away from the expectations of everyone you grew up around. It's kind of like, Oh, well, now I can create this con- completely different direction or purpose for my life if I choose. And people aren't just sitting around negatively asking you why, 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 why? Like, you need to stay within your, your zone of comfort, right? Because people, people push onto you their fear. And so that's something that she really struggled with. And I've found we really both benefited from not having the fear of others um, just because, you know, parents and family and then they, they've known you for 20, 30 years, you go to make a shift or a change in your life. And they're like, whoa, why would you do that? And just without having that, it's been a lot easier to, to develop and grow. Absolutely. And, and liberating, I would imagine. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
So you've just started a new business and this is during lockdown that you started a new business and then Mm. obviously you couldn't open up the doors to your training. What happened? Yeah, it's been a wild ride. Um, I think that, and it's really unfortunate. I mean, we are in really unfortunate times and I try not to, I try not to discount other people's feelings um, about what's going on. But at the same time, everybody is having some type of struggle. Uh, I mean, I just actually just just this morning was reading a report that said that um, contemplation of suicide in 20 to 25 year olds in the U.S. has gone up by 600 percent in the last couple months, 600 percent. And a lot of that is because we don't have healthy minds, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I love social media just as much as anybody else for a positive use. But the problem is, is there's so much negativity on there as it is that we're not, we're not feeding the right parts of ourselves with it. And without getting too far away from the question, for us... It's, it's, it's another day. I mean, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's an obstacle. Yeah. We have to pivot. Yeah. We have to change. Yeah. We have to, you know, try different things, but at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, that's what you're doing anyways. It's on a large scale. It's on a much larger scale than we would prefer. I promise you that, but, and it that doesn't mean it's not scary. It doesn't mean it's not fearful. It doesn't mean it's like, Hey, you sold this other business last year that was doing decently well maybe you should have kept a hold of that, right? You have all these other thoughts and fears that now are like, oh, we just started over. We just started something brand new and now we're in a pandemic and no one knows about us. Like, yes, all those things exist, but what are you doing to try something new, try something different? And that's kind of just been our focus. It's like, yes, we're in a lockdown. Yes, this is not ideal. Yes, this has been really hard, but where are the areas of opportunity? Uh, what are the things that we can do to improve our position? What are the things that we can do to come out stronger on the other side? Um, you know, how could we set up our facility to make people feel really safe uh, when they come in for a, for a workout post COVID or, you know, whether that even occurs, right? I mean, we might be something that we just have to learn how to manage and, and, and live more, uh, you know, with, with better hygiene, I guess, in general for a lot of people and, and just, help out any way we can there to, to help people feel comfortable coming back. Uh, but ultimately for us, it was one of those things where we were already in it. We were, you know, we've signed on the dotted line, all the things, and we were supposed to open first of the year and uh, we got held up because of some permits. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. Um, and I can tell you actually that the one saving grace that I think that we have had in this whole thing is our agreement with our landlord was until we open the doors after our initial down payment, we don't pay rent. And so we have actually been able to survive the entire four months that we had to, we had to be closed because of mandates without spending too much money. I mean, obviously we had staff and, you know, software and things like that, but we're not spending, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars a month on rent because we weren't officially opened. And that was our agreement. So, and it's been good that he's held up to that. I mean, I've heard some horror stories, from local people here and how their landlords have dealt with things. But for us, it's, it's, it's been a blessing. 
I think there's several things that you've mentioned there. I can't believe, or I, I can believe the stats, but I'm disappointed that it is up by 600% for the suicide contemplation. Mm-hmm. That is just huge numbers. And and the talking, you've been talking about the adapting to change and a lot of people are resistant to change. And it goes back to a brilliant book. It's a very small book called Who Moved My Cheese? And it's really Ooh, okay. simple. It's really simple. Yeah, you know me, I've got to bring a book into it, haven't I? Yeah, I love it, I love it. <laughs> uh, but Who Moved My Cheese is all about two little mice that keep running to the cheese mountain every day they feed they come back and then one day it's gone and the, and one one of the mice is absolutely distraught just sort of lies down there and sort of blaming everybody like well who moved my cheese where's it gone and the other one starts looking for the cheese and starts looking for the new new source of, of where, where they're going to be and and this is a thing it's it's very much a case of you can be in one camp or the other and if you if you are resistant to change, you are going to struggle. And there's a brilliant phrase that I've heard, which is, "We're all in the same storm, but we're in different boats." Mm. And you know, we're not in the I same boat. Yeah, we are. We are in different boats, and and it's all about how people survive. So going back to sort of removing the obstacles from sort of a mindset or from external pressures mm-hmm. to moving down and and setting up from scratch in Florida, how easy has it been for you to sort of set up your whole sort of network of people? Um, Easy is not the right word. Um, (laughs) I I think that I thought it would be much easier. And I think that that was good because it has forced me to grow. You know, I, I, I am really good with people. I'm really good at networking. I'm really good at connecting with people and having conversations and we move down here and you don't really have like a focus at first because our plan was we're going to move down for 12 months. We're going to manage the company from a distance uh, that we had back in the Midwest and we're going to just kind of try it out. Well, anytime you're quote unquote trying something out, you're not really giving it your all and you're not really going in any focused direction. And so the first 12 months we were here, I mean, we met a handful of people. We met some people who've become really good friends but it was nothing in comparison to what we had in Indy from a standpoint of, you know, getting to know people in the community and growing that network to allow, you know, when you launch a business to allow that to, to flourish, there's no groundwork set there. So I, I would say it was a little harder than I expected it to be, not from a standpoint of trying, but from a standpoint of just not trying, like being disciplined enough to go do it when there's no real direction. And I think a lot of us, lack that real direction in our lives in general. Um, so, well, why would I go out and build a network of people? Or why would I go out and start this thing? Or why would I go to the gym? I don't really know what my goal is. There's no direction in our life. And so we're just kind of, kind of existing. Um, and I think a lot of times that's why people struggle so much with like your podcast, the why pieces, they don't even know. They don't, they don't even know what it is they're trying to do or where they're trying to go. And so I think it's hard for them to, to figure that out. But for us, now that we have a focused direction, now that we have decided, yes, we're launching this business in Florida, and, and we decided this about 12 months into our stay here, so it's been an, an almost another 12 months now, now that we have that direction and that focus, I mean, we we have people calling every week. We have people like, hey, can I come and check it out? Can I stop by? Can I just meet you guys? Uh, because we've been intentional about those things. Um, so easier now that we're actually doing it versus before it was hard to just do it if that makes sense absolutely and your podcast how does that sort of fold into your business piece 
Yeah. So um, the podcast actually the new one, because I, I had an old podcast with our fitness brand, but the, the new podcast is really built more around the small business work that I do. Um, and it's called Bald Business, The Naked Truth in Entrepreneurship, because I try to bring people on who will just tell the truth. Like it's, it, there are parts of it that are easy. There are lots of parts of it that are fun, but there is a huge portion of it that can be stressful. It can be, it can drive fear. It can drive anxiety. It can do all these other things, but you've got to work past those. You've got to develop yourself to be strong enough in that. And so for me with the podcast is two is twofold. Number one, I wanted to share the message of, look, it's harder than you think it is, but it's, it's worth it. Right. So don't start because you want it to be easy. Start because you want it. And then once you've decided you want it, these are the steps. These are the things, some trial, some error, some tribulation you're going to go through. But at the end of the day, if you stay on this path, you'll get there. Right. Uh, the second part of it was to help build a local network um, because there's so many stories here. No, nobody's really doing anything like that locally here either um, in a sense of like, hey, let's just promote local business. Let's help local business. Let's grow, you know, let, let's, let's tell their stories um, and let's, let's see what they have to say and what they have to share about their experiences in entrepreneurship here in the Tampa area, which, which is where we're from. It's a huge entrepreneur community. When I say huge, I mean, they have a, a free event that they run every year and more than 2,500 people show up to it every year. Um, and it's just a lot compared to where we came from, where it was, you know, you, you were lucky to find a handful of people um, within a few, you know, a few, a few miles that you could talk to that could relate and build that community together. So again, twofold. One, it's, this is the truth in entrepreneurship. It's possible, but it's, it's tough. Uh, and the second one is to help build a local network because again, no one, no one is, no one is really stepping out outside of your chambers. No one is really stepping out and saying, "Hey, this is how we can help each other grow," especially during these tough times. And can you remember sort of going back in time, your first sort of awareness of personal development? Are you are you asking when? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's a great question, actually, and. I think that as people who work on personal development, we forget where we were, right? We think about where we're at now. We're like, oh yeah, we want everybody to be there. But we forget about how we were just two years, six years, eight years ago. So for me, personal development started roughly, it was about 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Um, I had per professionally started in the fitness industry and I thought, you know, I went to a trade school, I got my certification or my license to train people, I guess you could say. And I, I went and got a job at a big box. And I was like, Oh, this is it. I've, I've made it to the fitness industry. This is what I've always wanted. I'm here. And six months later, my regional manager comes to me and says, Hey, man, we really like you. We really like your energy. We really like what you're doing with the clients. But if you don't get your numbers up, we're gonna have to let you go. And in that moment, I was like, my numbers up. What does that even mean? Like I signed up as a trainer to help people, coach people, change people's lives. I didn't sign up to have to sell them something. Like I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And so I went to my direct manager and I said, Hey, I said, you know, so-and-so said that if I don't get my numbers up, I'm out of a job in three months. I said, what do I do? How do I get my numbers up? What does that mean? And back then, it was a super small company. It was a big box gym, but it was a smaller company. And so people had been promoted through the ranks that didn't really know. And they literally looked at me and said, you know, I'm not sure. 
And so I, I had to make a decision. I either, A, I go back to my hard labor um, carpentry work, which is what I'd come from, or I really buckle down and figure it out myself. And that's when I started developing myself through books, through articles, through presentations on sales and marketing and how to position yourself as a trainer. And then I kind of went through a downtime where I really, I got into it like because I needed a solution to my problem. And then I kind of got out of it because I no longer needed a solution. And then it was probably about six years ago, eh, probably, probably seven years ago, I came across uh, just some stuff online that was really talking about how you can become anything that you want to become if you just work on yourself. And that's really when I started making it a priority to do things like read on a daily or weekly basis, to listen to podcasts, to listen to audiobooks, to, and again, it goes back to that thought of it's intentional, right? My development started because I had to solve a problem. I had to learn how to sell training or I wasn't going to be a trainer. Then it became more about, okay, why do I want to develop? Well, I want to become this person here and I'm really only operating at this person down here. And so again, it's intentional. I know why I'm doing it. I know why I want to do it. And then from there, it's just, I mean, I, I do it consistently all the time. I know that you're a big uh, journaler. You journal really well. And that's something that I struggle with. I go in and out, but like something that I do on a regular basis as part of my development routine is I wake up every morning at the same time. doesn't matter what day it is. Um, there's one day of the week that I will allow myself to sleep past that time. And I get up and I do the same thing. I read. Um, whether that's a book, whether that's more of a, a devotional or something around um, my faith, or whether that's something that's mindset driven, I just, I read, I just take that time. I read, I think about the day, I think about what it needs to get done. And then I go and I attack the day. But again, it's intentional. I know why I'm doing it. I'm not getting up every morning just to sit there and like, think about how horrible my day is going to be. I am doing it because I want to improve to become this other person. Yeah, it's, it's powerful, isn't it? Having that intention and having the focus and, and knowing why you're doing things. I mean, that's that's the whole premise of this podcast is to, to understand, you know, why we do the things we do. So why fitness? So <clears throat> I have this belief that, and I don't, I don't think we live up to it, if I'm being honest. Uh, as an industry, as a fitness industry, we do not live up to this. But I have this belief that personal trainers, fitness coaches, is one of the only professions that can truly change a whole person because you know it's always joked about it's always said oh you guys are like therapists or you guys are like um you know you have you have to be good at nutrition you have to be good at exercise you have to be good at listening to people's problems you have to be good at behavior management and all those things are true the problem is, is as the coaches as the trainers we don't take that seriously. Um, I mean, I, I have seen people go from 80, 90 pounds overweight to reaching their goal, being like, wow, I can achieve things, start developing, and then go and open a business, leave their career, start over. And so fitness for me started because I wanted to be able to help people feel what I felt when I worked out. The the feeling that exercise gives you is is powerful. It makes you feel strong. It gives you courage. It gives you strength. It gives you almost this feeling of, you know, in, in the moment after the workout, you almost feel like you could take on the world. And I wanted to be able to give people that feeling of that, almost that power that they could have within themselves to do something different with their life if they chose to. And so for me, I, when I realized, wow, we can change a whole person 
we can we can take someone from their lowest low to their highest high and help them achieve even more in their life if we really coach them well uh, i've just i've been in love with it ever since um and so i know no matter what i'm doing if i'm if i'm in to small business consulting if i'm podcasting if i'm you know still in the fitness industry there will always be a part of me that goes back to the core which is hey are you are you active are you living a healthy lifestyle are you doing these things cuz for me, if I wasn't doing those things, I wouldn't be nearly as driven as I am. Uh, and I know it's just because of the feeling that it gives me every single day I do it. So everybody knows that they need to be healthy, mm-hmm. but they, they don't of course. do it. Yeah. Why? It's hard. I think it's hard. Number one, I think is it's, it's hard for us to separate. This is what I want most versus this is what I want now. We, we look at a, a schedule and we say, oh my gosh, I don't have time to plan my, my next meal or my, my next thing. I'm just going to run and get some fast food. We are putting ourselves in a position to where we're constantly putting off what we really want for what we just are trying to figure out in the moment. And the second big thing is I think it's just culturally. Everything that, at least, at least here in the U.S., if you're going to go do something quote unquote fun, you're going to go get some food. You know, if you're going to bring people over, you're going to have some food. You're going to barbecue. You're going to grill. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. And like, yeah, everybody enjoys food. That's not the greatest for you. Like we have a day every single week where we go and we order some pizza or we get, you know, some huge bowls of pasta or we get burgers and fries or whatever it may be. But again, we are not doing that to the extent that it's hindering our long-term desires. Um, if that makes sense. So I, I think one, it's just hard. Um, and it's hard for people to, to, to put what they want later in front of what they want now. And two, I think it's just so culturally in us to just, I mean, we I had a conversation with a lady yesterday and she said, she said, I just don't know how to make better choices because everybody in her life makes the choices that she makes. And again, culturally, if you're the only one at a group of 10 friends that's trying to make changes, it's going to be hard. Um, and if you're not, again, if you don't know why you're doing it and you're not intentional with that, it's not going to last. So when people come to you, Michael, and they say, help, uh, they're obviously at the point where that they have already made that decision that they're going to make a change. Mm-hmm. What about the people that are say, I'm okay? I'm, I'm all right as I am, but mm-hmm. it's going to be only a matter of a year or two and they won't be. Mm-hmm. How, how, what point does it sort of, do people have to get to before they realize that they can just say, come on, this is crazy. Cause it should, I mean, it should be instinctive. It should be, but it's uh, because we're still operating from a, a perspective of evolution hasn't caught up. So when we see sugary and exciting foods, we think, oh, it's mm-hmm. going to be that they used to be, you know, in scarcity. So that's why our body sought them. It's mm-hmm. like, have that now. You might not know when you're next going to have that particular fruit or sugar. So it's, yeah, we just haven't caught up, have we, with evolution? No. Um, and I think this is such an interesting question because I think it goes back to, it goes back to a couple of things, but I, I believe at its core that we all desire something that we don't have, right? And so if we're talking specifically about health, people are putting it off, not because they don't desire it, but because of self-defeating behaviors. Uh, they don't believe in themselves. 
first and foremost. They don't believe that they have the right support system. They don't know how. For example, someone goes to a gym, right? They walk into the gym for the first time. Maybe this is their first experience in a gym and they go to the wrong section of the gym because they don't really know how it's laid out. And all of a sudden they're just surrounded by like 20 people who are the fittest people in the world to them. That's going to drive anxiety. It's going to drive fear. It's going to drive even more thoughts of doubt. And I think that until, again, until we decide as people, this is what I want. This is why I want it. This is my intention. I just don't think it happens. And unfortunately, I've had those conversations with people. Um, I have had someone sit down in front of me who thought they were ready, decided that they weren't quite ready. And I said, well, what are you going to do six months from now when you, you've already told me that you feel like you're on the wrong path? What are you going to do six months from now when that path is even worse? And they just looked at me and said, well, I'm not sure. And so, but, but I can't. I can't control that, right? I used to try when I was younger. I used to try so hard. I would sell them and push them and push them and push them. But ultimately, every single person I did that to, they failed. And they failed because they weren't ready. Uh, and I was trying to force them to do something that they weren't ready for. And, and unfortunately, in the world that we live in, a lot of times, time we decide we're ready, it's too late. Um, you know, we, we end up having heart problems or we end up having a stroke or we end up getting diabetes. And at that point, then we have to figure out, okay, well, what changes can I make now to keep it from getting worse or keep it from, um, I mean, you can reverse things like diabetes, but once you've had a heart attack, you know, you, you have to work with what you got. Um, and, and so unfortunately we, we meet with a lot of people who say, well, you know, I had a heart attack when I was 40. I had, had this when I was 44. I had this when I was, and, and it is mind blowing to me that, people are this young and having this many problems. But again, I think it's just over time, culturally, it's the, it's the way most people are raised. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's a lot to be said about that. And there's a, a book I read called The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. And there's a, a line where if you get uncomfortable today, you will get comfortable later. But if you're mm. comfortable today, you're going to get uncomfortable later. And I think the example he gives is, let's say, eat a, a packet of crisps today. If you ate a packet of crisps today, it's not going to make much difference. But if you ate a packet of crisps every day for the entire year, look at the difference that's going to make over the, that whole period. Absolutely. So the, the little daily decisions that you're making compound Absolutely. massively. 100%. Behavior. Behavior. And that's that's with everything, right? If we, we allow our self-defeating behaviors to overtake us in any area of our life, fitness, business, relationships, our outcome is not going to be what we want it to be. And, and that goes back to you to saying that you believe that what you're doing in personal training, you're transforming the entire person, the whole person. And the mm. reason why is because what you do, the way you do one thing is how you do everything. Yeah. So if absolutely. you take care of your body, you're going to take care of your mind. You're going to take care of your business. You're going to take care of everything you're doing. So yep. I, it, it is that it is the number one stop for me. You know, if you don't take care of your body, where are you going to live? I, I, I'll say it again. <laughs> That's right. No, I, I love that quote. I'm going to go find that for sure. <laughs> well, you just hone it, craft it into your own words and own it. There we go. There we go. So tell me a bit more about what's coming next. What's going to happen? What What's your goals? 
Yeah. So um, actually, my wife and I have pretty big goals with this new brand that we've launched. Um, so the other company that we owned, we had partners that were in that company. Uh, this company is just it's just her and I. Um, and so we're uh, first and foremost, we're going to get two locations open. We're going to get proof of concept. Um, it is currently a women's only brand. And something that we are looking at potentially doing down the road is opening up a men's only side. Um, it's something that's not really been done necessarily in the industry. Um, it's kind of been tried here or there. But the reason why it's women's only right now is because she has a big heart for basically supporting and empowering women physically, mentally, and emotionally. Um, and part of that comes from her own journey um, with you know, her self-defeating behaviors, her anxiety, her fears, the thing that she, things that she's had to work through just to get to the point to feel confident to open a business um, that helps women. But for us, it's mainly about community. So, and when I say mainly about, we believe that one-on-one personal training is great and it helps a lot of people. But ultimately, if you're the only person in the client's corner, it's just you and the client, and they don't have a good support system at home, they don't have a good support system in their friends, they're not gonna be successful long-term. They're gonna leave you after losing 50 pounds, they're gonna leave you and they're gonna go gain 70 um, because they don't have the support system. And so what we're trying to create is actually a, a support system of network of people who will support each other and, and allow those things to be long-lasting. So the long-term vision is multiple locations all intertwined with each other, meaning the company only grows from within. If clients or staff, team members don't want to open more locations, once we have our solid two or three proof of concept kind of, there will not be more locations because we won't go and sell it to some corporation and say, hey, open up 50 locations because the core of what it is will then be destroyed. Um, so we, we're doing that with the fitness, um, with the business side of it. Small business consulting is something that I'll, I'll always just continue to do. I, I just love, I mean, again, it's just helping. I love helping. I love serving. I love being a resource for people. But ultimately, more speaking is kind of what what I will do long-term side-by-side side with the fitness. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they're missing the things that you and I are talking about. They're, they're, they're missing the, uh, the direction. They're missing the intentions. They're missing um, the why. They, they're missing the big picture, the vision. And if I can help people doing do that or change those things by speaking into them for 15 or 20 minutes at a time, that would be probably one of the most rewarding things. Um, and so for me, I've kind of got a plan over the next two years to start start moving more into that as well. So can I see you on a big stage motivating hundreds of thousands of kids, adults, women, men, whatever at some yeah. point? Yeah, that would be um, that that would ultimately be the goal. Um, you know, what's funny is. When I was growing up, um, and I say growing up, when I was late, in my late teens, um, I always really admired like the work that Tony Robbins does. And so I think that to an extent, I think he gets a lot deeper into things that I, I probably wouldn't touch just because I don't have the knowledge and the know-how around many of, many of those uh, deep psychological topics. But the direction in which he's going and the things that he does to help people, it's kind of the same thought process that I have. It's how can I impact you today so that you'll make a better decision tomorrow so that your future becomes better. Um, and that's as simple as it is. And, and, and sometimes, and I think this is where we all struggle. So, you know, 
I may say this and, and some people will be like, well, that's silly. Why would I, why would I do that? But I think that people don't start things until it's a hundred percent clear in their mind of what they want to happen. And for, for me, I think that's incorrect. Like I can't sit here and tell you exactly what I want that to look like with my speaking career. But I, I know that if I don't start speaking through podcasts, through small groups, through these other things, if I, if I don't start doing those things, I'll never get to the longer term thing. And I'll probably never figure out the vision. But there's so many of us, and I've done it before. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've done this plenty of times. I've waited and waited and waited until I thought I knew what I wanted it to be. And then you start and you're like, well, that's not at all what I wanted it to be. And then it changes anyways. And so what I try to encourage people to do is just take the first step. Once you take the first step, take the second step. Once you take the, second, take the third and figure it out as you go. Like not everything doesn't have to be like, this is the goal and this is the things that are, I'm going to do because somebody's going to throw a wrench in it and something's going to change. So just start from the beginning and, and work it. And do you think Tony Robbins woke up the man that we all see now? <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, I think so. I, you know, what's so funny about that is I've actually went back and watched some of his original videos and someday I just want to ask him, like, what, what do you, do you look at those videos and do you think like, whoa, like awkward or, or do you just look at it and think, yeah, that was, a, that was part of the process, part of learning. Cause I think that a lot of us would look back at those videos and be like, oh my gosh, I hate those. I can't believe those are out there right now. But again, if he would have never have done those, he never would be where he's at today. Um, and I think that's just the reality. I think if you look back at your own work and, and if I look back at my own work and my, my sort of original sort of talks that I used to do, or if I look back, absolutely. Yes. But I think what people really like is they like to see the journey. So I, I like to see in other people the, the, their growth as well, because I find that more authentic than if they'd scrubbed all evidence of it and like, mm -hmm. oh no, I, I can't have that out there because that's not who I am. It is who you are. It's who you are at that point in time. And and I think that it gives more credibility to show that vulnerability of journey. I remember Brené Brown saying she was she thought that her TED talk was the worst thing she'd ever done, and she was so embarrassed by it. And and yet, you know, it's had wow the one that's like exploded. Yeah, the one that exploded <laughs> because she dared to get vulnerable, yeah. and she you know she had so much criticism about it as well. Mm -hmm. But no, well, you know, they they say bad publicity is better than no publicity. So if you're if you're being criticized, you're doing something. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you, you talked earlier about the sort of the negativity on social media and mm -hmm. I don't feel so exposed to that. I, I feel that I don't look for it. I don't go into sort of various forums and seek out mm -hmm. that sort of intensity or of engagement with people. I, I push information out. And if people respond, you know, I respond back, but I, right. I'm not, I'm not looking to antagonize anything. I'm just looking to, as you said earlier, I'm serving, I'm helping, I'm trying to better the world. And mm -hmm. as again, you also said, this is I'm very much aligned with this is to allow people to live and not exist to, to show them that there is this alternative way of living that yes, mm -hmm. is, is harder, but from hard work, these are the rewards you get. And Absolutely. you think it's easier to, to not work out. My goodness, you wait till you get that heart attack or that, you know, that illness, then you'll find how hard that is. Yep. They, well, something that, um, I can't remember if someone told me this or if I ran across it as a, like a quote or something one time, but, um, and it goes true with everything. It's either you do it now or you do it later. Um, you know, you, you do it when you can, or you do it when you can't. And what that means is when you have a heart attack, you have to go through therapy. 
and what you're doing is exercising. They are strengthening your heart so that it can continue allowing you to live. So yeah, instead of waiting until that happens and having to do the work anyways, why don't you just do the work? Mm. But, but again, it's in line with everything in our life, whether it's our business, our relationships, et cetera. Um, and, and I think that you don't see, I, cause I don't see the negativity as much on social media either, but it's cause I'm not looking for it. Right. I mean, I, I do believe that we find what we look for. You can find plenty of negativity in the world. You can find plenty of positivity in the world. Uh, you have to choose what you're going to look for. Uh, does that mean that everything is perfect? No. Does that mean it's all sunshine and rainbows? No. Um, because I've had people say, well, not everything is sunshine and rainbows and you know, not, not everybody can look at the glass, you know, half empty, half full or whatever they said to me. But my point was, I told them, I said, look, I said, we choose every single day what we allow into our minds, into our hearts. We, we choose to look at what we look at. We choose to hear what we hear. Like we choose those things. Yes, there is bad things happening in the world. Yes, there's people hurting in the world. Yes, all those things are true. But what are you doing to help that? If you're not doing anything to help that, then why are you why are you diving into this argument with someone, you know, halfway around the world? You guys don't know each other. You know, you're you're not positively affecting each other in any way. All you're doing is triggering each other. So instead of looking for negativity, why don't you look for areas of opportunity, meaning how can I help? in this situation? How could I lend a hand? How could I, for a quick example, uh, my wife and I went to eat dinner uh, like probably two weeks ago now at this little Korean restaurant. So good. Food is amazing. Owner is so nice. Um, so we start asking her questions about her business. We're business owner. She's a business owner. You know, we just start having a conversation. And unfortunately, with her situation and her landlord and the coronavirus, like they're really struggling and they're really hurting. But instead of just like taking that and being angry about their landlord and how crappy of a person they seem to be, it was more of a conversation of, okay, well, what do you need help with? How could we promote you? How could we maybe get some more of our friends to come in and eat? Again, like, yeah, it's a really bad situation. Yeah, it's a really negative situation. But how can we help? How can we help them instead of just feed the negativity? And yeah, no, you're right. That's horrible. That's awful. Like your, your situation sucks. Like, no, like how, where's the opportunity in that? And, and I think that I believe that an opportunity exists with everything. It's all, it's all in what we look for. I totally agree with you. And talking of opportunities, how would people have the opportunity of getting in contact with you? Oh yeah, no, I would love that. Um, I have a lot of conversations online actually. Um, it, so everything that I do, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn is where I'm the most active. Uh, I can tell you that, but it's Michael. B, the letter B for my last name, because um, no one can say that. So it's Michael B. Life, L-I-F-E. Uh, and I've kind of chosen that theme because I don't do a great job of it. It's something that I'm trying to get better at, but I do want to show people the process. I do want to show people life. Like as an entrepreneur, like you don't, like there's a random day in the middle of the week where my wife and I have to take four hours to prepare all our meals for the week because we're on the go constantly and we can't sit down and make dinner every night. But on a Tuesday from noon to four, like we have to be in our kitchen for four straight hours. Like I try to show people those things because, you know, again, it's, everybody has this thought like, oh, well, nine to five, Monday through Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday, you're just completely off. 
there's other ways like you know it's not it's not as uh i don't know it, it's not as controlled necessarily but it works um and so i again i've chosen that theme it's michael b life um because i just i do try to show people what it's like to live a life in entrepreneurship essentially absolutely and i think one thing that sort of the the lockdown has certainly encouraged is the the flexibility in how we operate on a sort of a weekly basis you know the daily basis how we we do we can choose how we want to operate if we want to work later fine let's work later if you want to work earlier whatever as long as you get your hours done in that day that's right uh, if you if you're working for a company if you're an entrepreneur you know you have that choice as well so absolutely i just want to say thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you all things healthy for once you know it's great thank you amy this has been awesome this has been a great time have you got a final message for the audience please michael well you know i think that ultimately as people right we all fail we all struggle we all, you know, fear. But what I try to tell people is I'm like, look, if you embrace failure, right, just admit I'm a failure. I've messed up. It feels so much better than being afraid of that thought or afraid of those words. Because once you embrace the idea that you're going to mess up and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fail, it becomes so much easier to take the next step. And the thing that I just tell people is take the next step, see where it leads. And ultimately, you will be able to create the life that you want. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.